0: Let's pick back up with the day Ashley discovered on her own that she may have Lyme disease. Ashley set us up with this moment where were you what
1: were you doing and what were you thinking I was actually driving home from work and I started having a really terrible panic attack and at this point I'm super used to them because it has become my new reality uh, which I wasn't used to I've never struggled with anxiety or panic attacks so I just knew that I had to deep breathe keep myself focused Mm -hmm. on like happy thoughts you know get myself home um, because I was driving and for some reason I picked up the phone and naturally called mom uh, because our mother is a nurse. So she's always there to jump to help us figure out what's going on. And she said, it's okay. You know, you're just having a little panic attack. Uh, Immediately after I got off the phone with her, I called Bryce. I said, Bryce, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just am literally, I have no hope. Like, I'm not getting better. I'm on those probiotics and this vitamin regimen and seeing a chiropractor three times a week who is telling me that it is stress and anxiety induced and that I have severe inflammation in my body due to being overweight. Um, so when I, we're now at like, uh, you know, almost 45 days, 50 days of doing this and with no results, in fact, getting worse. Uh, so I, I had it, I was done. Uh, I called him crying and I said, I can't do this anymore. And I don't know what we're going to do and I don't know how we're going to figure it out. And it's like, we both sat there in silence and I just said, Bryce, I really, keep going back to this tick I found on my body. And I know that I've tested negative twice on the ELISA test, but... I just feel like this is what is happening to me. I've looked up every symptom. I know it's the great, you know, imitator of a lot of other, you know, chronic illnesses and Mm -hmm. diseases, but I just, I have this feeling, um, you know, that something went wrong there. And he said, wait, you you have anxiety attacks a lot, right? And so Bryce started talking about, wait, I noticed you've been having anxiety attacks more. Let me research about this more. You know, I'm not sure if you have Lyme disease, honey, but, you know, I'm starting to think this, you might be right, you know, that this could be something that we've missed. And let me dig into the testing of it and what is wrong with the testing of it, because maybe this test isn't foolproof. So um, he spent all night, he works midnights uh, and he spent all night researching uh, basically the testing of Lyme disease. And he woke me up in the morning and he said, I want you to start looking for a Lyme disease specialist. They are saying that that ELISA test is not foolproof, that it actually can only detect Lyme disease when it's in the blood. And a lot of times it's not in your blood. If you had been bitten months, years previously and not started getting symptoms until later on, that it can burrow deep down into your tissues and bones, and that it's no longer in the blood and can't be detected in the blood. So, we're not
0: diving into the scientifics behind it, but just for a general overview for people to understand
1: what the ELISA test is. So it is just a blood test that all hospitals, doctors' offices, uh, most doctors, nurse practitioners, physicians' assistants, they know about this test. They honestly only, I asked my um, my sister-in-law, who, you know, is a nurse practitioner, uh, and I asked her how long she had to learn about Lyme disease, and she told me it was an hour lecture, and that she just knew that they had to basically prescribed getting a ELISA test to see if they were negative or positive. So I had gotten one about at the beginning of the journey when I'd gone to my, um, my nurse practitioner, my doctor and said, Hey, I really think this is Lyme. I remember that ticked them the past summer. I should have came to you guys right then and there, but I didn't, cause I didn't think that there, this was a possibility. And she sent me for the testing. It came back negative. We've talked about this. So the second time I took the test, they made me actually sign a piece of paper that said this test is not accurate. Wow, And so I'm like, well, I looked at the person drawing my blood and I said, why am I, why are we doing this? If this is like not even going to tell me if I have Lyme disease, she said, well, this is the best test that they have right now. So this is just protocol and this is what we have to do. And I'm sitting there thinking like excuse me, hello, like, don't understand why we don't have a better test for this. You're telling me that all hospitals all around this country are using this test that doesn't work. And I looked up stats and it's like 30 to... Forty nine percent are false false negatives or false yeah they're false negatives meaning that these people are positive
0: they actually do have they actually
1: do have Lyme disease so I think it's one of those things that these people go and get this test done and that may be negative but it's actually could be a false negative so that's when Bryce was like that's it we're going to see a specialist Mm -hmm. Uh, you know just start doing a general search so. The first general search that I did, um, Dr. Daniel Cameron came up first. I wrote down everybody's name that I could find uh, Dr. Horowitz, Dr. Liegner. These are all doctors that are in New York. Um, obviously, New that's York. Where
0: it's really big too up there in that area. Yeah, yeah.
1: Connecticut, Rhode Island, yeah. uh, New York. Uh, so I knew. Then I needed to get into a doctor just to see if I was like crazy. Dr. Cameron's a pretty amazing guy. Um, He obviously is really busy. Uh, Dr. Horowitz is like one of the front runners of Lyme like research Mm -hmm. and treatment. But I mean, good luck to anyone who can get into him uh, because he's a lot of money he's a great doctor and he's like at all the conferences but they, he doesn't even have a, a doctor's office like they don't answer phone calls they mm-hmm. want yeah like you have to like I don't know how you penetrate to get in there Um. so I wasn't able to get through to his office Dr. Ligner is the same way but there's also like hundreds of Lyme specialists out there these are just the ones I found in like a general search because they are like front runners they come up first because yeah there's yeah. more out there about them they do more they do more study yeah. yeah in the Lyme community so I called his office and About two days later, I was really struggling with whether I wanted to do this if it sounded crazy. I mean, I tested negative for this Mm -hmm. twice. Like, are they going to think I'm crazy um, that I'm calling in? And I called in and I can honestly tell you, I cried on the phone with the lady at his office and she talked to me for an hour. Wow. And I cried with her and cried with her um, because she was like, okay, let's just do like a rundown of symptoms. Let's, uh, you know, let's just chat a little bit. Um, we have patients from all over this country, all over the world. So, uh, you know, let's dig deep into like what you've experienced so far. And she said, you're not crazy. I can't tell you how many people that we have that are false negatives. Pretty much everyone that we come into contact with is a false negative. Um, and she explained that Dr. Cameron is very modern medicine and that he does antibiotic therapy. and. And that he is not into holistic treatment, uh, but that he is for anything that's going to make somebody feel better. But this is the route that he takes. So if I would like to see him in person, she kind of gave me the outline of what the first appointment looks like, mm-hmm. what the follow-up appointments look like, and basically what the journey looks like. It is a long journey. And she was like, but the first step is like finding out if you really have it. And she said, I'm not going to lie to you, most patients that come to us, um, you know, we do the thorough testing and the clinical exam him. And if you don't have it, he's pretty specific on, you know, you might want to look into like a, room, a rheumatologist mm, or autoimmune, you know, disease doctor, um, infectious disease, like move you on to that next person, which I felt really great about. But for some reason, I cried so hard because it, I felt like for once someone was validating what I was going through. Yeah,
0: how did that feel to have somebody in the medical community finally validate something like that, especially with having to follow? false. Negatives, And then talking with someone who said, no, you're not crazy. To hear that from someone who actually knows what they're talking about and deals with these patients every day.
1: I think it was just that release. Like, I was able to finally cry with someone. And I was already so emotional because Lyme attacks the central nervous system. So, I was already so emotional as it is. And I just felt, like, such a relief. Like, I had found it. Like, I remember walking into work after that and just crying to the girls that I work with. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I really think this is happening to me and it's like all in the same it's like your relief but at the same time i'm like but if i do have it what does this mean that's like a whole nother side of it because it's always so great to find out what you have uh and figure out what's happening to you but at the same time what does that look like after So, on that
0: point you you didn't even know yet if Mm -mm. you did because you hadn't been to him And even with, I guess my second question would be, when you researched and saw that his approach was antibiotic therapy... How did you feel about that? Because obviously that's controversial in the Lyme community, but medical professionals in the whole scope of it say that that is the best course of treatment to get you better.
1: Yeah. As of now, it's the best course of treatment. That's what's hard about Lyme too, is as I'm finding and why we're doing this podcast, because there's so much information. You're like, what am I supposed to be taking mm-hmm. to get rid of this? I'll be honest with you. Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> it is like trial yeah. and error for people that if they don't catch it within that two week period um, or, you know. If it's anywhere later than like, you know, a couple months after you've been bitten and then you start to get symptoms, mm-hmm. the the doctors and like and your researchers are still struggling with to find what is going to help people. And everyone is so different. So and, and the co-infections is like a whole nother name of game. So uh, I was honestly... Coming from our background, where our mother is very medical, I mean, my mom was like, "Let's do this. We're doing antibiotic therapy." Like, I know this is she'd done a re- the research herself. She's like, "We're not." She's in the medical community, so mm-hmm. to her, that's the answer. That's what works best. Where I'm like, I don't even take ibuprofen. So for <laughs> me, it was really hard. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, girl. <laughs> I'm not taking I any say meds. Central. Put it right here on the forehead. We get back to work. Later. Yeah, I think I was at that point though that I'd been on the vitamin therapy for like two months and I didn't see anything, Mm -hmm. any results other than like a more heightened awareness of being out of it. (laughs) Like it was really bad. It was like the scariest thing. Uh, How did it feel then? You
0: made your first appointment with Dr. Cameron mm -hmm. and you're driving right
1: up to... New York. Yeah, Mount Kisco, New York. So it's about 50 minutes outside of New York City. Uh, I made my first appointment and um, everything with Lyme is definitely out of pocket because it's very controversial in the medical community. So they really don't recognize it as like, especially if you haven't tested positive Mm -hmm. for it yet. The the insurance companies, they don't believe that you have it Mm -hmm. unless it's by the CDC saying that you have gotten past these certain markers on the Western blot or that you've tested positive on the ELISA test.
0: And you're actually in the process of that, looking to
1: file your claims and see what money you can get back for it. Yeah. For all the money that I've had to spend out of pocket. So, um, I, I, went to my first appointment and um, Dr. Cameron, I'd read a lot of reviews about him because I was very nervous about what this looked like and everybody said he had like a bad butt, bad bedside manner and that he was, you know, very harsh um, and things like that. So I was very interested to see what, what, was, what I was going to get. Um, I have never felt more calm and scared in the same time. Mom was with me. Bryce was with me. Uh, we'd stayed the night prior before Um, Just so that I was ready to go. And in the morning, he did the full clinical exam. He did my blood test. We sat down to go over like the results. Obviously, my clinical exam and the previous blood testing that I had gotten. What does
0: the clinical exam look like that? Would that look like a regular physical that people go in to get? Or does that
1: look a little different? It's very different. Um, he goes straight for like your lymph node area. And he's like, you're very swollen in your lymph nodes. Um, you know, but you're not as swollen to alarm a, doc- a, a doctor. But you're alarming me because of where they're swollen at. So yeah, he-, he
0: stands because it's with a lime mindset whereas with somebody else, maybe a regular doctor, it's like, Oh, you have a little swollen lymph nodes, but you'll be okay.
1: Yeah, like he knew he actually went down my rib cage and did like this funny pattern down my rib cage and I like almost fell out of the laying position because Lyme That's likes crazy. to live in those cavities. And so he literally like and he said Lyme likes to live there. Uh, you know, like the And you had never had a doctor do that. Do no. You? No, never because they don't touch you down the road page (laughs) no (laughs) and you wouldn't think that no yeah it's really scary to think that somebody I mean he that's his he actually was just a um a primary care physician he just had uh, he just practiced you know modern medicine you know the typical like family doctor and when he got into the you know studying Lyme he decided to go back to school to just learn about Lyme disease so it's thank God for doctors like him that he knows so much about what Lyme does to the body that he's able to do those things and we actually are going to have him on the podcast Mm -hmm. so it will be very interesting
0: that will be one of our more scientific episodes because where we're kind of focusing more Mm -hmm. on the emotional i think and mental journey and the toll it takes on the patients and the people around them Yeah. So even just like you getting up there and getting to New York and kind of having those feelings of like, I'm really anxious, but I'm calm at the same time because I'm going to see a medical professional that can potentially help me. And so he does this exam for you. He kind of does these different things where he's feeling your lymph nodes, going down your rib cage. Um, What else was different that you weren't used to ever having before?
1: I mean, typical taking your fever, your blood pressure, but he was just like pushing on points throughout my body that were very sensitive, the gorilla bacteria, lives in burrows and muscles and tissues and joints that I didn't even know. He made me fill out a sheet of all your symptoms. So it's and I get this. I have to fill out this sheet every time I go for an appointment with him. Uh, It just goes through, you know, every single thing that you experience in your day. Simple as are you able to perform daily tasks that you're used to in a a certain amount of time? Like he it says, like, what are your feet? And it's a scale from like a one to ten, ten being very severe and one being not severe at all. Um, And you basically have to put an X in between that range. When I saw him, uh, it's actually pretty scary to look back, but my first appointment was pretty much all severe. I mean, I had everything. Uh, And when he sat down and and Dr. Horowitz actually has a very similar program to this. I've read his books and he does a a similar thing. And this is how he diagnoses patients as well, uh, with this clinical in this paperwork, um, that patients fill out
0: kind of a twofold almost like, Hey, we're going to do the blood work and stuff, but obviously people get a lot of false negatives. So we also need to look at their symptoms and how they're feeling Mm -hmm. and see if we can connect those two. Yes. You had started out with
1: your severe factor being what near 10, you would say. Oh, everything yeah. was a ton. Not everything, but a lot of the symptoms were that he had listed as far as like, you know, uh, fevers, uh, night sweats, chills, you know, sensitivity to light, blurred vision. Like I had it all uh, except for like I think there was like severe joint pain. I just didn't have it yet. And I'm like thankful for that. I do have joint pain, but it's not to the degree that some people experience it after looking all that he's just (laughs) reading through it and i can like see it in his face that like this is a reality for me uh that he's almost certain but he always likes to wait until the blood work comes back just so he can see what it says Mm -hmm. um so he basically looked at me and said well the good news is you're not dying and he's like the bad news is you're not dying because Lyme patients feel so terrible that they would rather die than mm-hmm. – <laughs> and I I was there. I looked at him dead in the face and I said, I've – I've never felt suicidal, but I would rather die than go on like this. And it's hard to explain to your family and friends, Mm -hmm. but when you're sitting there like reading something and you can't even comprehend what it just said, what is that? Like your brain functioning is gone. Yeah. If
0: you can't even rely, which like a lot of people like talk to themselves and they are thinking in their heads all the time. And it's like, if you can't even connect with yourself that way, and you've always been such a strong Person in my eyes and in my family and kind of like a rock for me um, going through my anxiety and depression. So to see you completely change and be a person who is breaking down mentally and physically, mm-hmm. I think was really hard Yeah, for not only you, but for, I think, your family and friends to see as well because you just want the quickest way to get things fixed. And unfortunately... I think when you get diagnosed with Lyme, because so many people don't know that much about it, it's like, what does that recovery process look like? It's not like, oh, it's migraines or it's this, so we'll give you some pills and you're going to be cool in a couple weeks. It's like, so what was that feeling when he kind of got
1: that blood work back and confirmed that for you? Um, I mean, it was really exciting, but scary. And he actually confirmed it that day. He said, I know that you have Lyme disease, but the blood work is just going to be, you know, uh, basically showing me where your your what's in your blood. Uh, you know, we'll do the Western blot. It covers, you know, the antigens in your blood. And once again, it's only about 80%. Uh, you know, foolproof, like it's not, you know, there's 20% in there that's, you know, still off. Uh, it's not the best test either. Uh, and Igenix is like another company that does a lot of Lyme testing, but you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars that you want to put that into um, where he has dealt with Lyme patients for so long that he just knows exactly what it looks like. So that's one of those things. People go to specialists for a reason. Um, and Lyme disease specialists are so controversial because once again, Lyme disease is very controversial. So uh, he basically said, we can either start you on antibiotic therapy now, just a simple dose of doxycycline. Um, you may be feeling better by the time I get your results in, which is in, a three, in three days. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to start antibiotics right away without knowing what my blood work tested as, but mom and Bryce really said, no, give her the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of laughed because I realized at that moment how much it had been affecting them uh, and how bad it was obviously I was being affected because they were tired of seeing me suffer. So they wanted to trust him. And I think as a Lyme patient, you don't trust anyone because, and this is why I'm saying is this is just a patient in general. When you have chronic illness, you, when everybody is just like throwing, Oh, you have chronic headaches, you have meniere's disease, you have all this crazy stuff and mm-hmm. you're just like, mm-hmm. and nothing's getting better. And you're like, who is going to tell me the truth here? Yeah. So even knowing that he told me everything that affirmed that I had Lyme disease, I still like couldn't believe him. It hadn't hit you yet. No. Like I just didn't believe it. And I did believe it, but I was just like I hope that this is it, I guess. Like, I hope that this is really it.
0: So you had seen all these reviews from him, like, no good, like, doesn't have a great bedside manner, is kind of rough and tumble. What was your experience with him?
1: Um, I think he's great. He definitely has that. He's very smart. So I think that's hard for people to communicate with him because if it's just like when you go to talk to a surgeon, he doesn't want to talk about surgery. Like he just wants to like have a normal conversation and, and lighten anything up that he can. And that's very much Dr. Cameron. Like he's always wanting to talk about, you know, what's going on in the world or what's going on in your life or what's going on around you. He, he knows how to treat your Lyme disease. So he doesn't, he's up for you asking questions and he wants to like help you with those questions. But for him, he deals with hundreds of patients all the time. So he definitely tries to make light. And I think that's why people say his bedside manner. Uh, he makes everything kind of like a joke. And he does because he's like, Listen, you've been living your life so yeah, sad and negatively that I just want you to find some hope. You know, let's
0: focus on something else because I have
1: the line part covered. Yeah. Like, let's focus on what you can do for your life. And I won't lie. Like, he really frustrated me sometimes because I was like on my fall appointments, especially the teledoc appointments, um, because I just want to talk about it talk about it talk about it and he's like no but you're getting better like like the jump ahead into the future uh you know but for me it was like really hard like i wanted to keep questioning and questioning and questioning uh and but he sat with me my point my first appointment with him was two and a half hours that's the longest appointment i've ever had in my life and he sat there and listened to every single thing i had a question about for me, that was really important. So, also in this meeting, I found in this appointment, I found out that he believed I had the co-infection of babesia uh, because of my night sweats. Babesia is the parasite that is in the tick that bit you that you now have. Uh, babesia, like, also attacks like the muscles, and the muscle twitching uh, can come from that. So, basically, how he described it to me. Is when a tick lands on something, whatever it lands on, it's going to receive that into its body. So if that tick lands on a horse that lands on a rat that lands on a pig that lands on, you know, uh, (laughs) any uh, raccoon that then lands on you, Mm -hmm. whatever was in all of those animals is now in your body. So which is why it
0: probably looks so different treatment, because if you're getting all these different co-infections, it just depends on the tick that lands on you. Yes. Which is why you just said muscle twitching and night sweats were such a big deal for you
1: because of the co-infection you had. So Babesia is um, basically your typical flu symptoms. So it's like your low-grade fevers, your headaches, your chills. And I was I had chills all the time. Mm-hmm. I had headaches all the time. I had night sweats all the time. I had low-grade fever, uh, mood changes, nausea. I had all of those symptoms. So he truly believed uh, and disturbed sleep is also. Also a sign of a that's the parasite, uh, it's very malaria like, so uh, they actually treat it with malaria like drugs. So that's why he had me on the malarone. Uh, so, not only was he putting me on doxycycline, which is supposed to attack um, the brillia bacteria, he also put me on malarone, which is to help with the Babesia co infection. So that was what I experienced with the first appointment. Hashtag gibberish. Hashtag I don't know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You leave, you get these medications, antibiotic one medication.
1: Yeah. And I kind of have to go back to like my normal life and like start researching. He gave me a book that he wrote about a couple of years ago and he said, just start reading this book so you can kind of start understanding different stories of Lyme patients that I've had mm-hmm. um, and the medical research behind it. And it is a very hard book to read because it is truly all medical research and it is some stories of patients, but of a lot of stories that of patients that have had like extreme cases and I'm sitting over here like I feel really terrible and I could almost die, but I don't, connect with any of these people that you've written about like I was Mm -hmm. trying to read it number one can't really read really well because of what I'm going through so what I turned to was like podcasts and uh, just online research constantly uh, talking to people mom was a big advocate for me calling people she was trying to help me find people that have gone through it that had Lyme disease what they did what treatment they went through Uh, and I could not find anybody that was having what I was what I was going through I mean we had similar symptoms Mm -hmm. but as far as our treatment plan it was all very different from mine um you know i had what friend that was like on intravenous and then i had uh, antibiotics and then i had another one that did like the holistic route and it was like all vitamins and like like lime out that's what they literally call it mm-hmm. lime out
0: and that can feel overwhelming i'm sure
1: yeah he called me three days later with the western blot test and i was actually helping a friend set up a wedding so i was like not there mentally for her. Like, I was like, what is going on with me? Like, I've started taking this medicine. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel a little bit of a difference, but still feeling very terrible. So he said it was up to me whether to start you know, antibiotic therapy soon because he already knew that I had it like right then and there. He's like, if you want to start now or you can start when your results come in, Mm -hmm. he said, but I'm almost certain, you know, that we're on the right path and that you have Lyme disease. And
0: what decision did you make? Um, did you decide to start immediately with the antibiotics or wait until the blood test came in?
1: I started right away. Uh, just because of mom and Bryce being like, no, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Uh, my results came back and I had five of the bands, uh, on the Western blot test and we're not going to get in the scientific of what bands it were or anything like that. I definitely think if you're doing the Western blot test, you need to go see a Lyme disease specialist, your doctors or your PCPs are not going to read it like a Lyme disease specialist reads it. So the ones of the antigens that were in my blood were that of similar similarities of people with Lyme disease. So I didn't hit the eight markers that they require in the CDC. It actually says on the website, it's five. like on their website, it's five markers, but they want you to hit certain markers of it being eight. So, insurance companies will look at it and be like, oh, well, technically she hit this marker and she didn't hit that marker. Of those
0: eight markers, they want it to be, a, if, if you're going to have five, they want it to be specific markers from that set of eight.
1: And that Western block, because okay. there's like 18 strands, like mm-hmm. as far as like, or 18 markers and antigens in your blood. Mm-hmm. Um, But he said, for me, this is positive. He said, you have not only all the symptoms, you have the physical exam that I gave you that you unfortunately passed every, you know, and that's not a good thing. You passed all of them. uh, You passed with (laughs) fine. You passed with flying. You had an A plus. (laughs) Um, And then he said, you know, I want to continue on this. Treatment, So I called Bryce and he said, no, honey, you have to listen to him like he's the specialist and we found it. So you need to just let's go this route and we're going to do it. And, you know, you're going to take not only was I going to start the antibiotics but I was gonna start the diet change and um, just start no alcohol. He was big on that one. like no alcohol. He kept saying like, let someone else have the glory. like because antibiotic therapy is just going if you're drinking alcohol, it's not gonna work as well. Uh, so for me having no wine, that was like devastation. So <laughs> I went.
0: <laughs> I was pretty devastated. <laughs> pretty devastated that the red wine dry out of
1: my life yeah it just walked right out so uh yeah, that basically was the first appointment with him, and and throughout that month, um, I was really excited to see the results, and I had a follow-up appointment with him over the phone. Uh, I bad this is in November of 2019, so I'm nearing the end of November. All my friends are drinking and having a good time at Thanksgiving, and I'm over here, like, dying on... That's ducks. a big
0: thing in our town, which I found out from living in other places. It's not, but the Wednesday... Night before Thanksgiving is a huge drinking holiday in our town. I guess it might be in other places, but for us, it's a chance to see all of the people that we grew up with or went to school with. So because everyone's think, back home. Yeah, so I think that was a toughie for you. I think you were the DD, not one. I was definitely the DD.
1: <laughs> I was the DD a lot during the holiday season. Shout a, out! <laughs> shout out to me for being a DD. No, honestly, I was happy to do it because I was never the DD. Yes. <laughs> 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 so it was my turn. Uh, but it was definitely eye-opening to me that this was, like, a r- really terrible thing. <laughs> so you really took it
0: seriously. You're like, I'm not going to drink. I'm doing these antibiotics for 30 days. And I'm really putting my hope into this. I'm putting everything into this that I'll hopefully feel better at the
1: end of this 30 days yes like I stick to a gluten-free diet uh, almost like a ketogenic diet for the month of November um, I was drinking a lot of water not exercising because they said you know your body is already so inflamed mm-hmm. and so broken down that you really just need to do light exercise like walking if you if you have to which um, is
0: what we'll get into a later episode of more the nutrition side of it and the exercise side of it as well as kind of an offset
1: yeah We're nearing towards the end of the month, and I remember calling my mom and just having a breakdown again because I wasn't getting better. Like, I didn't see a change. I saw a slight change, and it was, like, the slightest ever, but it was... What symptoms did you see that slight change, would you say? Probably the chills were less and the low grade fever was less. The disturbed sleep was a little less. Mm-hmm. But when I say like a little less, it was like a slight difference. Like i was still having all of them, but then I was starting to get new symptoms. So I was getting neuropathy and uh, you know, rapid fires in my body. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I couldn't breathe. And I later found out that Borrelia likes to attack like the lungs. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I couldn't get a full breath in. and I was really starting to panic. I'm like, I am going to die like this. I'm going to die, you know, not making it through this, and here I am on antibiotic therapy. And I actually, mom was so desperate, she called Dr. Cameron's office and said, She is like, she's yeah. bad. I mean, she's not okay. And that's when they explained herxing. So, that's definitely something we'll have to talk about in the next episode. I knew it was bad because I was rounding to like the end of my 30 days and there was no hope there. Like it was all gone. And I think my mom mom was devastated. Bryce was devastated. You were devastated. Everyone was devastated because we just didn't understand what was going on. And that's when we really realized we have a long journey ahead of us.
0: This was not a 30 day thing that was going to cure you and stop.
1: I wasn't that lucky one that just lucked out to be better in 30 days. This was going to be a long chronic illness journey for me and trying to figure out what was going to help and what combination therapy of antibiotics were going to help me and what I needed to do for myself. Uh, And that's when I finally realized the rabbit hole of Lyme.
0: I think it was devastating, not only for you, but like you said, For the family, I think for me, it's also not living near you. I just felt like I just didn't know what the answer was. I almost, it almost was like dissociating from the situation. Like, oh, maybe when I call in a few days, it'll be better, which I look back and I regret that because I think is someone with a journalism background and I like to research. I like to look into things and, you know, I don't necessarily feel like I was there. To really help with that because you get so overwhelmed and you're just not sure what to do to help someone feel better. And I think, I don't know for you, how did that feel? I think seeing your family like that because you want to feel better for
1: them, but you don't. It was honestly making it worse because like grandma and you and and mom, like, how are you feeling today? Like, it is not the flu, everyone. Like, I am still very sick and I'm going to be sick for a long time. And I think it was just making me worse because I was like, I can't get better. And I don't know how to tell them I'm not getting better. Uh, you know, to this day, I'm, I think people are st- have now stopped asking me if I'm better mm-hmm. because they just know this is life now. Next time, we'll talk to some of our closest family members
0: and get their take on Ashley's Lyme disease. Thank you again to Fishmeck for our intro and outro music.